0: This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. They say that funerals are for the living, not for the dead. While traditions may vary the sentiment remains the same sending departed spirits off to their next adventure for some funerals are dark somber occasions yet for others they're a celebration of life some have a drink to toast the dearly departed others cry and wail but these send-offs can occasionally be anything but traditional for some of these rituals the only limit beyond the law is your imagination Some people don't want the last memory of the deceased to be lying in a casket. In recent years, the practice of corpse posing, or extreme embalming, has been growing in popularity. This is when the body of the deceased is arranged in a lifelike pose, similar to a mannequin. The intent is to remember the dead as they lived, so the pose often reflects their interests and lifestyle. Family and friends can see their loved ones as they knew them, and the deceased are given the stage, so to speak at their own funerals, participating in body, if not in spirit. This is how the family of David Morales Colon decided to celebrate his life after the 22-year-old Puerto Rican was killed in 2010. David was a member of the Hells Angels motorcycle gang. He knew that being associated with the group increased the probability of a premature death. He also knew that he didn't want his funeral to be a traditional, boring affair. He told his family that, when the time came, He wanted to go out in a way that best reflected his life. His family did their best to respect his wishes. David was posed alongside his beloved orange, white, and red motorcycle, which had been a gift from his uncle. He was dressed in his riding clothes. The outfit was completed with sunglasses, a black cap, and sneakers. To the funeral attendees, it looked like he was focused on the road ahead, ready to take his final ride. While extreme embalming is less common in the United States, the trend has appeared in a few places, especially in the South. In June 2014, the family of 53-year-old Miriam Burbank approached a funeral home in New Orleans with a unique request. Rather than an overly solemn service, the funeral home helped Miriam's loved ones plan a send-off that no one would forget. Miriam, who was known to be a lively character, attended her own funeral, looking just as she did in life. She was posed, sitting at a table, and ready for a party. A menthol cigarette in one hand and a glass of beer in the other, Miriam wore black sunglasses and costume jewelry. Her fingernails were painted her favorite colors, black and gold, the colors of her beloved football team, the New Orleans Saints. On the table in front of her was an ashtray and miniature Saints football helmets. On either side of the table were placed a case of beer, a bottle of whiskey on a drink trolley, and hanging from the ceiling, for when the party really got started, two flashing, rotating disco balls. The practice of corpse posing requires some pretty intense embalming, as well as ingenious tricks to position the body. Jazz musician Lionel Batiste stood at his own funeral, wearing his best suit and holding a walking stick. But in order to make this happen, The funeral home had to strap him to a lamppost and nail his shoes to the floor to make sure his guests didn't knock him over when they were posing for photos with him. There are some incredible requests that have been made of funeral homes. A boxer from Puerto Rico was posed in a ring, ready for the fight to start. A poker fan was staged with a hand of cards and a pile of chips. And a Green Lantern fan was posed standing upright in full costume. This modern practice is basically the evolution of the Victorian death photo. Shortly after photography was invented, people decided to remember the recently deceased by taking a photo of them. The dead were posed as if they were still alive. Mothers would hold their babies. Children were displayed with their toys. Adults were seated on chairs or propped up. Family members would gather round, and a photo was taken. Photography required a long exposure time when first introduced, and often only the dead would remain perfectly still. The result was a photo where the deceased was in focus, but the living were slightly blurry. Trying to make the deceased look alive, eyes were often painted over closed eyelids on the finished photo, producing an extremely unnatural and somewhat eerie scene. These kinds of photos were a type of death keepsake known as a memento mori, which literally translates to. Remember, you must die. My name is Eric Crosby. Welcome to True. In rural Tibet, the people have developed a funeral practice that is both beautiful and unnerving. It's called a sky burial, or celestial funeral, and the practice is believed to be roughly 11,000 years old. It's hard to confirm this, however, because, well, there's not really any physical evidence to prove this. That's because the bodies of the dead are consumed by vultures. When a person dies, Tibetan Buddhists believe that the spirit departs immediately, and the body that remains is just a shell. The family takes the corpse to an elevated site, adorned with colorful prayer flags, and lays it out on a platform. An individual dressed in a dark red coat with a black hood approaches the remains. This person is known as the Ragyapa, which roughly translates to body breaker. His job is to dismember the body with a knife. In less than half an hour, nothing but the bones are left. The Ragyapa then crushes them into tiny pieces with a small mallet. After he mixes the bone fragments with yak butter and barley flour, the concoction is ready for the vultures to consume. The entire ceremony is supervised by monks, who keep a watchful eye and chant prayers and blessings. While the concept may not sound all that pleasant, it actually serves a spiritual function. For Buddhists, a sky burial is the way in which the soul of the deceased person is transported to the heavens as they await reincarnation. The vultures, which are revered by Tibetan Buddhists as holy, are simply the vehicle for that to occur. For a sky burial to be considered truly successful, nothing of the body can remain. If the corpse is not entirely consumed, the soul of the deceased will not have an easy transition to their next life. The reasons behind sky burials go deeper than just the spiritual side. Tibetans have a great respect for nature and the ritual allows them to return their bodies to the earth in a way that not only feeds the vultures, but does not disturb the land. Sky burials also make sense from a practical point of view, because in Tibet, the ground is often frozen, making burials virtually impossible. So this millennia-old custom makes sense on many levels. If spiritual isn't your thing, There are always more risqué ways to celebrate your life. Apparently, exotic dancers and strippers are not only for bachelor parties. You may wonder why anyone would consider a funeral with adult entertainment, but in Taiwan and rural parts of China, this is exactly what happens at an erotic funeral. Funerals in China are considered more successful the more attendees there are. It all started when someone had the great idea to simply hire people to attend. But you can't just hire anyone off the street. What you need are funeral wailers. For a fee, wailers, mostly women, would show up to provide the appropriate outpouring of grief befitting those who had passed. From there, it was just a hop, skip and a jump to paying actors, singers and comedians to entertain and draw more mourners. For about 100 years, This was as far as the practice went. However, sometime in the 1990s, an attraction dubbed the Funeral Striptease emerged. Today, there are exotic dance troupes dedicated to performing at funerals, weddings, and temple fairs. While the show can be performed at the funeral itself, in Taiwan, it's common for the strippers to be part of the funeral procession. Trucks have been converted to provide a stage, complete with a pole. In China, The government strongly disapproves of erotic funerals, calling them obscene performances, and over the last 15 years, has tried to stop them. In January 2017, however, just before he died, a 76-year-old Taiwanese politician decided there was nothing more fitting to honor his memory than with this unusual ritual. His funeral procession was a sight to behold. Local media reported that the deceased politician was known as someone who enjoyed having a lively fun time. According to the BBC, the man was able to describe his ideal funeral to his family through a dream after his death. The family said he wanted the service to be hilarious. It is considered respectful to observe the wishes of the dead after all. So the man's family began planning the arrangements, which they hoped would not only entertain his spirit, but also those of his former constituents. Those who attended the procession were not disappointed. A marching band, a motorcade of 200 luxury vehicles, flag bearers, oversized puppets, traditional totems, and people outfitted as deities were just some of the entertainment. Yet the pièce de résistance were the 50 pole dancers clad in black bikinis and platform stiletto ankle boots, each standing on top of a brightly colored jeep as they made their way down the crowded street, the dancers performed on the stages built on top of the vehicles. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... Most people are buried or cremated, but as the world's population has surged over the last century, space for burial plots can be at a premium. One enterprising outfit in Brazil came up with an innovative alternative. The memorial Necropole Ecumenica provides burial services that have turned tradition upside down. High-density vertical living isn't just for the living anymore. Now, in Brazil at least, you can be buried in a high-rise cemetery. From a distance, the building appears to be nothing more than a modern hotel, verandas and all. Except in this high rise, once a guest checks in, they never check out. That is, of course, unless you've traveled some distance for a funeral and need to stay the night. In that case, there are discreetly located suites available in the building for stays that are a bit shorter than eternity. The building is designed with 32 floors and contains more than 14,000 individual burial niches. The facility offers single, double, and family-sized plots, a crematorium, mausoleum, water features, fish ponds, a cinerary where cremated ashes are interred, crypts, a state-of-the-art amphitheater, a chapel for services, a children's playground, and for some bizarre reason, a classic car and bicycle museum. The private collection is said to be that of the building's owner. It really is a one-stop shop for end-of-life planning. Since 1991, the Memorial Necropole Ecumenica has held the Guinness World Record for being the tallest vertical cemetery in the world. However, plans are underway for an additional 40 floors to be added to the existing building, which would include another 25,000 niches. Trying to find available space for burials is a growing challenge for many of the world's most densely populated countries. In Hong Kong, for example, where 7 million residents are packed into roughly 430 square miles, approximately 48,000 people die every year. With space this limited, you can forget burying a body. It's even a challenge to find space for cremation urns. In 2016, the country's Food and Environmental Hygiene Department told the South China Morning Post that by 2023, they estimate a shortage of approximately 400,000 burial niches. In Hong Kong, it's now more expensive per square foot to house the ashes of your loved ones than it is for public housing. According to the Guardian, the wait time to secure a permanent space can be up to four years. Part of the difficulty is that traditional Chinese customs dictate that the ashes of a deceased person should ideally not be interred at home or scattered. Instead, to properly honor those who have passed, the remains must be interred in a columbarium. That's a building with niches specifically designed to hold cremation urns. In order to respond to the growing problem of supply and demand in Hong Kong, numerous developers in the last 10 years or so have floated the idea of converting cruise liners into columbaria. The ships would be permanently docked in the harbor. The design plans for one such cruise ship slash columbarium hosted an impressive 370,000 burial niches. Another floating columbarium proposal in 2016 was even more grand. This particular idea planned to repurpose a 60,000-ton cruise ship moored off the shore. The plan was to have only 48,000 niches on board, but also include restaurants, a hotel, museum, gym, and a movie theater. As of 2019, however, progress on these conversions appears to have stalled. Let's hope that the innovative solution doesn't end up dead in the water. If you're looking for inspiration for your last earthly hurrah, why not take a lead from the celebrity world? Hollywood fans the world over were devastated in late 2016, when two icons of the acting industry died unexpectedly. 60-year-old Carrie Fisher passed away on December 27th, and tragically, her mother, 84-year-old Debbie Reynolds, died a day later. Carrie Fisher, whose role as Princess Leia in Star Wars vaulted her to pop culture immortality, died today in Los Angeles. Tragedy strikes twice for one of Hollywood's most famous families. Just one day after the death of her daughter Carrie Fisher, Debbie Reynolds passed away from a stroke. The pair were honored by their nearest and dearest at a star-studded private memorial. Reynolds was buried at Forest Lawn Memorial Park in the Hollywood Hills, as was a portion of her daughter's ashes. But Fisher's brother and her daughter had other ideas for the remaining half of her ashes, something they felt perfectly represented the iconic actress's irreverent and honest approach to life and her struggle with mental illness. For many years, Fisher had been publicly open about her diagnosis of bipolar disorder and battle with depression. So, when she had the opportunity to acquire an oversized novelty Prozac pill capsule years before her death, she purchased it. Prozac is a popular antidepressant medication. The novelty pill had a place of pride in Fisher's home and was one of her favorite possessions. So, it was no surprise that her family brought Fisher's remains to the memorial inside the comical capsule. Even in death, her family is making sure her legacy and humor live on. At her funeral, Fisher's brother carried the big pill with her ashes, giving Carrie Fisher the last laugh. If you're looking for something a bit more over the top, you could be farewelled in the style of famed writer and founder of gonzo journalism, Hunter S. Thompson. Following his death in 2005, His close friend, actor Johnny Depp, wanted to honor the writer the best way he knew how. Arrangements for the funeral near the Thompson home just outside Aspen, Colorado, included rock music and blow-up dolls. The highlight of the ceremony was a 150-foot tower, topped by a two-thumbed fist holding a peyote button. Hunter S. Thompson used this image when he ran for sheriff in 1970, eventually becoming his most recognizable symbol. A dazzling red, white, blue, and green fireworks display lit up the sky, accompanied by a playlist of Thompson's favorite songs. Guests, who included Bill Murray, Jack Nicholson, John Carey, Sean Penn, and Benicio del Toro, to name a few, raised their glasses of whiskey on the rocks to the memorable grand finale. In a perfectly choreographed moment, Thompson's ashes were fired from the cannon into the atmosphere. Going out with a bang, indeed, The event is reported to have cost Johnny Depp upwards of $5 million. Poet, author, and musician Carl Sandburg said, The greatest certainty in life is death. The greatest uncertainty is the time. One day we will all go belly up, shuffle off this mortal coil, kick the bucket, climb the stairway to heaven push up the daisies, or run down the curtain and join the choir invisible. So why not get ahead of it and start thinking about your last hurrah? It's just a shame you won't be there to enjoy it. I'll be back next week with another episode.